0: We have been discussing the mind field series on wrong relationship, bad choices, excuse, hanggang ayon dito ay, na excuseitis, uh immorality, addiction, immediatitis. This morning we have another one for you. Oy,an, quititis. This is not the one you light and it go up, boom. No, that is not. That is quitis. This is quititis. What is quititis? Okay, quititis. Let us see if you fit the bill. A spiritual disease that gives up quickly. It avoids difficult situations. It takes the path. Of least resistance. Are you there? Do you identify? Symptoms. I quit. I give up. I've had it. Enough is enough. Some people go to the extreme. Suicide. In Japan, they have a suicide forest if you want to commit suicide you can go to that forest and commit suicide why they've given up give up on marriage what do you do exit clause divorce the difference between a promise a covenant is the covenant Covenant of marriage has no exit clause. Only human contracts have an exit clause. Under the representations and warranties of a contract, it is there. It is stipulated. In the covenant of marriage, there is none. That's why when you go before a minister or a judge or whoever is officiating your wedding, your vow is... Till death do you part. Give up on family. You become indifferent. It's good if you love your family or you hated your family. The worst you can do is to be indifferent. Walang paki. Sorry, those of you watching the internet. You quit on your relationships. Relationships. It's useless talking. It's useless to keep on trying. Never mind. You give up on true love. Like last week, I challenge you, no? Uh, Especially ladies, uh, you're already over the calendar. Right? And then, hey, can I introduce you to somebody? Oh, yeah, sure. Is he still alive? Well, he still has a pulse. Okay. Okay. Why? Because you're not willing to wait on God. God's will done God's way in God's time will equal God's best. Right? If you allow it. You also give up on spiritual growth. Oh, my spouse. I've been doing my part. My spouse does not do his or her part. I've been trying to minister to my children. Up to now, they're like this, they're like that. And then if you have the children, they have been trying to minister to the parents and the children are also saying, "Hi, my parents are like this, they are like that. Never mind. Works both ways, guys. Quititis. The spiritual disease of giving up. So, what is the antidote? Don't quit. In yellow, hupo meno. Hupo meno is a compound word in Greek. Hupo, holding on to a vital position at all costs. Meno, continuously. Hupo meno. Abide in me and I will abide in you. The word abide is meno. To continue in a military posture. Hupo meno. Steady under pressure. You're not just, you know, keeping stiff. But it is coupled with a vibrant hope. That you are looking to something better. The best is yet to come. So don't give up. In Japan, they had a test. EQ, endurance quotient versus IQ, which is your intelligent, intelligence quotient. Japanese versus American students. The Japanese students, what they did was first graders were given a puzzle. When the researchers gave them the puzzle, the American students gave up in 9.47 seconds the Japanese students tackling the same puzzle gave up only after 13.9 seconds. The endurance quotient of the Japanese was a lot higher than the American students. No wonder a lot of them excel in sports, Music, art, and business. But the Japanese people are also a very proud people. If they don't succeed, what is their exit mechanism? Suicide. My wife, Lynette, she worked as an executive secretary in the Philippines before. Their company was involved in electronics they had a Japanese worker. His job was to make the equipment work. When it did not work, he was so stressed, they had to hospitalize him in San Juan de Dios Hospital along Rojas Boulevard. He jumped from the top building, from the top of the building. Why? He could not make the machine work. Where do you get the words today? What do you usually do? You go to Noah Webster, the one who put together Webster's Dictionary. It took him 36 years to research Michelangelo, the word Last Judgment. He had 2,000 sketches over eight years to come up with that masterpiece. Henry Ford. Henry Ford. How many times did he try? Hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss until finally he came up with the Model A. He also came up with the Edsel. Some of you are not familiar with the Edsel because it was, it was bad. It was a bad product. But Ford, I believe up to now, it is still the number one automotive manufacturer by sheer volume. How about this guy? Thomas Edison. If he gave up, what, 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 what should we be having right now here for lighting? Candles. But not only did Thomas Edison come up with the light bulb, I put him here because he also was the one who developed the car battery. 9,000 times. Hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss. Until finally, you have the car battery and then it continues to improve. Now you can buy a car battery, the content is gel. Yes? Before it's battery acid with all of this bad stuff. Now you can buy a battery. The content is gel. Quititis. Don't quit. Hupomeno. Success is only a derivative of your persistence. Look at some of these quotes from Thomas Edison Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up John D Rockefeller I do not think that there is any other quality so essential to success of any kind as the quality of persistence it comes almost it overcomes almost anything even nature I said why even nature Look at this. A river cuts through a rock not because of its power but because of its persistence. The constant flow of water eventually will cut into the rock. How many of you like uh, national football? NFL. Raise your hand. Come on, don't be shy. I like NFL. Yes, I know Dallas Cowboys. Who else likes NFL? So if you like NFL, you would know Vince Lombardi, right? And he said this, Winners never quit, and quitters never win. I thought this quotation came from Ramon Nolan, my father. Because we were playing golf, and after nine holes, my score was 67. You're only supposed to be 35. 37 maximum if it's a 72 uh, if it's a 72 par golf course. So I said, Dad, I don't like, I'll go home. I'll go to the locker room already, I'll shower, I'll take lunch and then I'll go home. And then he told me this in song. Winners never quit. And quitters never win. And then, I, it came from Vince Lombardi pala. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Pastor Steve Fertig. Failure isn't final until you quit. William Barclay, Christian author. Endurance is not just the ability to bear a difficult thing, but to turn it into glory. You know this guy, friend of CCF, Ravi Zacharias. Beginning well is a momentary thing. Finishing well is a lifelong thing. Winston Churchill. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. When Germany began to bomb England, England was outnumbered. Germany had a lot more planes. Bombers. All they had to do is to go and fly across the channel and drop their bombs. Germany had already developed the jet engine so that they could just send projectiles from Germany using jet engines to bomb England. If they gave up. But this is what the Prime Minister of England during that time said success is not final failure is not fatal it is the courage to continue that counts who is this guy do you know that guy Ben Carson who is he he is the secretary secretary. he is the secretary of HUD right Housing and urban development. So, why, why are you showing this? Pastor, you're becoming political, huh? No, I'm not becoming political. Bro, can you turn off the... Uh, uh, no. The... Uh, what's this? Ox 3 and 4. Can you turn this off, Ox 3 and 4? Sorry. Because it comes back. There you are. Okay. Why is Ben Carson here? Right? He's the current secretary of housing and urban development. His parents separated when he was eight. He had anger management problems and almost stabbed his own classmate. But it led him to read the Bible for comfort. Eventually, well, he eventually went to Yale medical school, became a neurosurgeon at the age of 33, and he became the youngest head of the department at Johns Hopkins Hospital, first surgeon to successfully separate conjoined twins at the head. You've seen conjoined twins, right? And God has this amazing sense of humor. I was watching TV the other night. Oh, yes, I do watch TV. I'm not addicted. I do watch TV. The show was, uh, you see my age is showing again. Oh, the show was just the two of us. It was a show about conjoined twins, but they were conjoined here at the shoulder. So they would walk like this, right? And then finally they got an operation and they were able to separate the conjoined twins. Guess who came out as the doctor? Carson. I said, what is he doing in that movie? Oh, but he is the first neurosurgeon to separate conjoined twins at the head. What if he gave up? What if he had quitis? He would not have finished medical school. He would not have been the head of Johns Hopkins. He would not have been able to separate these conjoined twins at the head. If you have me as the doctor and you bring your conjoined twins, the only thing I can say is, I can't do anything. Imagine. If he quit, are there situations in your life that you are at the point of just giving up? I don't know what it is, but I assure you this morning, God knows. Give up on your relationship, give up on your finances, give up on your family. Give up on your spouse, give up on your children, give up on work. I don't know. What's the message today? Don't quit. Hupo meno. Before we continue, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here this morning to worship you. Thank you for our our time together, and we trust that you will speak to us through your word, Lord God. Override what I have prepared, and may your people listen to you and to you alone. This is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hebrews 10.32 But remember the former days, when after being enlightened, you, you endured, you endured a great conflict of suffering. Partly by being made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations. And partly by becoming sharers with those who were so treated. Now their life, the writer of Hebrews reminds us, it was not an easy life. Turning your back from your old religion and embracing faith in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation accompanied a lot of persecution. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully, Hupomeno, standing firm with a vibrant joy, standing firm with expectation. Not just gritting your teeth. It is accompanied by vibrant joy, the seizure of your property. Oh. You know, who among CCF? Had their property seized? Peter Tanchi. They owned riverside mills. They owned tanchutik. use tanchutik every day of the week. Oh. Some of you younger people, you don't know that. Some of you younger people, you never use Tanchutik. You use three flowers. The older people are laughing. Imagine the government illegally seized all their assets. Pastor Peter told me, you know, In Song, before our family's assets were seized, Jan Gokongwei and Henry C. Sr. tried time and time again to get an appointment from me. So, wow. But then, their assets were seized illegally. Imagine if you're Pastor Peter Tanji. You're serving the Lord, your assets will be seized. What your, your parents built for you to enjoy later on was so what did they do? Pastor Peter and Sister Diana became butchers. Not to people, huh? They sold meat. That's why Sister Diana and Pastor Peter, they know the cut of the meat because that was partly their livelihood until God, because of God's faithfulness and God's grace, begin to bless them. Pastor Peter does not take a salary from CCF. They were prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property. Why? Knowing that you have for yourself a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which as a great reward, for you have need of, you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Hupomeno, stay the course with joyful expectation because one day you will receive what was promised. For yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, My soul has no pleasure in him. The righteous shall live by faith, not by sight. The rest of the world lives by sight. Only the righteous live by faith. And what is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the certainty of things not seen. If you see it, most likely it is not of faith. But if you believe it, because that's why you have this saying, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. The righteous shall live by faith. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the persevering of the soul preserving of the soul. You are reading. Huh? You are awake. Therefore, what is hupomeno? what is endurance? Biblical endurance is more than just passivity. It is endurance combined with the assurance and certainty that what we are looking for is indeed going to happen. What is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for The certainty of things not seen. And the righteous shall live by faith. We all know the story of the four soils, right? There was a sower of seeds and he sowed the seed. And the seed fell on four kinds of soil. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. The devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. The second soil is those on the rocky ground, the ones who receive the word with joy, when they hear it. But the moment they, they only believe for a while, but in the time of testing, what happened? Yes. Disappear. 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 No more. Why? They thought that Christianity was just received Jesus Christ. That's it. Why will God allow testing in my life? I'm already a born again believer. No. Jesus Christ said, You, in this life, you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. The third soil says the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures. And what is the result? They do not mature. They just grow old. They don't mature in the faith. Why? Why? Because sometimes when God begins to bless us, we forget the God who blesses us. We begin to look at the blessing. I think you know people like that. They started well. And then when they became rich, too busy to attend your D group. Too busy to attend church. Too busy to minister to their own families. Because now that they have more, they want even more. When John Rockefeller was interviewed, Mr. Rockefeller, how much is enough? You know his answer? Just a little more. Life's worries, riches, and pleasures began to choke out the seed. And as the result, they did not mature. But the fourth soil, the f- seed that fell on good soil, stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, who retain it, and by what? Persevering, who produce a crop. So what is God's desire for all of us? That we all become like the fourth soil. The one who produces... Ten, fifty, and a hundred times over. And how will that happen? By your perseverance, by your enduring, by hopomeno. And why is enduring important? Matthew ten twenty two says, You will be hated by all because of my name but it is the one who has endured to the end will be saved. First John says, oh, sorry, the book of Jude says, if they they are not with us, they were never with us. Very scary. You do not know who has fallen away. They were once with us. Now they're no longer with us. Not physically, you know. Some people, you know, they come here, they move, and then they move to another state or move to another church. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about those people. Some of them may have been the one who even brought you to Christ. And they had fallen away from following Jesus Christ completely. If they're no longer with us, maybe they were not with us. Because he who endures to the end he is the one that is saved. So, what do we do? How will we persevere? Can I share with you a story from the Bible in Matthew 18? In a certain city, there was a judge who did not fear God and did not respect man. There was a widow in the city, and she kept coming to him, saying, Give me legal protection from my opponent. Here you have an unrighteous judge. And here you have a widow. The widow is one of those of the lowest rung in society. Because widows have to be taken care of. Who will take care of them? The husband is dead. Nobody has married them. So they have to rely on other people to take care of them. So here is this widow. And she is calling on this unrighteous judge. Give me legal protection from my my opponent. Then the judge says, for a while, he was unwilling, but afterward, he said to himself, even though I do do not fear God, nor respect man, yet because this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. Nager. But she wanted legal protection. And she's asking an unrighteous judge. I don't know, the Bible does not say how often, but there, she will keep coming. She will keep coming. Give me legal protection. Give me legal protection. So what did the judge decide to do? I better give her legal protection because if not, she's going to come and to come and to come and to come. What does God have to say about it? And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge said. Now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night and will he delay long over them? Warning. You cannot twist the arm of God just by keep on praying morning, noon, and night. Because if it is not God's will for you, it will never happen. And I'll show you in a little while. I tell you that He will bring about justice, meaning God, quickly for them. However, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on earth? Because what did He say? The righteous will live by faith. You're not willing to wait. You have immediate you are not willing to be accountable. You have exusitis. Exusitis. And now you're afflicted yet with another one. Quititis. Instead of trusting the plan of God, you want to take matters into your own hands. Now what? You get deeper and deeper and deeper into your trouble and God gets blamed and blamed and blamed. But in truth, you don't want to follow God's way, God's resources, God's plan. So you don't get God's best. God gave you his best in Jesus Christ. He gave you his best in Jesus Christ. Will he find faith? So what and how are we going to apply this? Very simple. Yeah. That is application today. What is that? Can you read? What is that? PTL. What does that mean? Ah! Kaling. I wish it was. First, pray continually. Why pray, Pastor. Didn't you just say that the persistence of the widow does not necessarily twist the arm of God? Yes. So what does prayer and prayer or continuous prayer have to do with abiding, with hopomeno, with enduring? Well, in Matthew 18, I shared with you beginning verse 2. Verse 1 says this. Now he was telling them a parable showing that At all times, they ought to pray and what? Not lose heart. Not give up. So if you feel like giving up, begin to pray. At all times, whatever the occasion is, pray. And if you pray, God's promise to you is your heart will be strengthened, you will not give up. First Thessalonians five sixteen says, "Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks." Why? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Well, I pray, Pastor, but do you pray continually, or you only pray during meals? Thank you for the food. Amen. Matthew 7, 7 to 8. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. Why? For everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Do you see the intensity of the prayer of this person? First ask, God, uh, you know, can you give me this? See, God, God, where is it? I have not found it yet. Could it be here? Could it be there? Where is the answer, Lord? And then, God, where's the answer? Open the door. You see the intensity? Ask, seek, knock. Is it there yet? No, let's pull it out. No problem. I hope it comes back on. Are we good? Not yet? The intensity. Excuse it is. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me. Excuse it is. I'm making an excuse. Excuse is. Let's see if it will come up. There it is. Sorry about that. My passion sometimes gets the better of me. You see, ask, seek, and knock. What's the Bible telling us? Ask, seek, knock. Why? Because God's promise is if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open to you. Equitatiska. God, will you give me a job? Next day, you have no job. I give up. God, will you give me a godly spouse? There's no one to be found. Oh, pwede ka. ka. Quititis. Be careful. Notice the intensity. And as I shared, you cannot twist the arm of God just by keeping on praying. Every day is the same prayer. God, you know, I need six numbers. 545 million. I will tie 20%. Why will God not give it to you? Because Matthew seven eleven says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven Give what is good. So if you don't get it, guess what? It might not be good for you. That's why God is withholding it or not answering your prayer, no matter how hard you ask, seek, and knock. My friends, prayer is not for God. God already knows everything. Prayer is for you and for me so that we do not give up. William Booth said, work as if everything depended upon work and pray as if everything depended upon prayer. Family Christian said, anytime you give up on anything, you are giving up on God. Are you at that point that you are just about to give up? Call it quits. Endure. Don't give up. Stand your ground. Wait. Wait expectantly. Pray is pray continually. And then second is trust. Trust in God's processes. What do you mean? For I am confident. I have trust of this very thing. What? That he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. God is not done yet. Let him do his work. You trust the process. You fasten your seatbelts. Because God is going to do something great. Something so great. Like I shared with you, the mother of our brother Ferdi and Hermitalam. She had triple bypass at 70 plus years old. You know what happened? I got a text yesterday. My mom was not given in-home supportive services. My mom was not given a caregiver. I said, why? Because the doctor said that she is too strong. 70 plus, Triple bypass? Brother Hermie asked me to share with you. He came from his oncologist yesterday. He had, remember, he had colon cancer. They got everything out. No chemotherapy, only regular checkup. Well, he texted me early this mo- early yesterday morning. Pastor, praise report. I just got, from, got home from my oncologist. I'm all clear. Praise God. Now, if you give up, God, you saved me. You said you want me to be with you in heaven. I did not expect it to be so early. Why did you give me cancer? God is not done yet. If God can save your soul, can God not heal you of that cancer? Trust the process. God's not done with me yet. Galatians 6 verse 9, do not lose heart in doing good. For in due time, we will reap if we do not grow weary. So God's timing in due time. Don't give up. Don't grow weary. That's why we have that song. Don't grow weary in doing well. Don't surrender in the fight. Keep on storming the gates of hell. Keep on doing what you know is right. For there will be seasons of testing. And there may be weeping for night. But soon we'll be reaping a blessing. If we keep pressing on towards the prize. Pray continually. Trust in God's processes. Look at what James chapter 1, 2 to 4 says. Consider it pure joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials. I don't like trials. Much more, I don't like various trials and what is the bible telling us consider consider it pure joy when you undergo trials various trials the niv says trials of many kinds why knowing and yeah. to know by experience Knowing that the testing of your faith produces meno, endurance, perseverance. So that what? And let endurance have its perfect result. For what purpose? So that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You are like that fourth soil who has reached its maximum potential, bearing fruit 10, 50, a hundredfold. But it takes perseverance. You have to pray continually. You have to trust the process of God. And lastly, you must long for His appearing. If you want, you can also choose, praise the Lord. You have to long for His appearance. Because hupomeno is a militarist term, meaning to stand your ground, but you have a vibrant hope that something better is going to happen. You don't know God's timetable, so you need to pray continually. You have to trust in God's processes, and you need to long for His appearing. Because you and I are looking for something better, right? That's why you like the phrase the best is yet to come. Yes? So long for his appearing. Blessed is the man who perseveres. Hupumeno. Who under trial. For once he is approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. What is your expectation? That when God calls you, it is your expectation that you will be with Jesus, correct? Isn't that something to long for? So that you have a hope and a future? I'm not looking only to this world. I'm looking towards heaven. Not because heaven itself, streets of gold, gates of pearls. I'm looking to heaven because that's where Jesus is. The only beauty of being in heaven is because of Jesus Christ. He is there. Isn't that something to really look forward to? That in this life, you and I would already prepare for that encounter? That we would meet Jesus? And at that instance, when we open our eyes, and that we are in front of Jesus no longer in this world. I say, welcome. Come. My good and faithful servant. You have persevered. You have endured. Come. Enter the joy of your master. Blessed, happy is the man who perseveres. That's why you don't persevere, but you have wrinkles. You're not really persevering. You're just tired of the process. I have no choice. I have no choice. You're really a Christian. And you really understand that God is in control. Then you can look at other people in the eye, going through whatever it is that God is allowing you to go through and says, Yes, I know I have this cancer. Yes, I know I have this problem in front of me. But God has something better in store for me. So I will wait upon the Lord. And in my waiting, I will have joyful expectation that the best is yet to come. Pastor, I'm getting old. My body is getting frail. When? When is God going to answer? When is God going to move? Well, the Apostle Paul gives us an insight. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed his appearing. Paul wrote the second epistle to Timothy at the end of his life. He eventually was beheaded for his faith. But he kept on serving. That's why he tells us in his writings, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. So no matter what Paul went through, he was expectant that God will remove him one day and that he would be in the presence of God. I am being poured out. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have finished the course. Now. Now there is in store for me what? The crown of righteousness. That the Lord, the righteous God, will award to me. Not only to me. Not only to Paul. But all to all What's the condition? To all who have longed for His appearing. Are you waiting for God? God, come! Or God, wait. Why so early? Are you longing for the appearing of God? That God will reveal Himself to you? Trust, pray continually, trust God's processes and long for His appearing because the promise is this, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may, what, exalt you at the proper time. There is an exaltation, there is a reward that is coming. And even today, wait for it, right, you young people, wait for it wait, persevere under pressure with joyful expectation that God has the best in store for you. Humble yourselves, therefore, at the mighty hand of God in due time. He will exalt you. He will lift you up, casting all your anxiety on Him. Why? Because He cares for you. Don't short-circuit God's processes. It doesn't work that way. If you really want the true blessing of endurance, pray continually, trust God's processes, and long for His appearing. Now, how do we close this morning's service? Now, to Him, who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Are you enduring? Are you willing to wait? Are you willing to pray continually? Are you willing to trust God's processes? And are you longing for His appearing? Trust that God is not done with us yet. Embrace what God is allowing you to go through. So that when you have passed through those flames, you have been as one refined by fire. If you're here this morning and you have no personal relationship with Jesus Christ, all that I have shared with you doesn't mean anything. They are probably new to you. But there is hope. That hope is found in the cross of Jesus Christ. You and I can only apply this if we are sure that we have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because the man in whom the Spirit does not reside, does not understand things of a spiritual nature. But if you have the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then this applies to you. That God expects you not only to put your faith in him, but to live a life of faith, endurance, knowing that the best is yet to come. Let's pray. God, you're telling us through your word that we're not supposed to quit, we're not supposed to give up on people, on each other. And we're not supposed to even quit or give up on you. God, as you have commanded us to preach the word in season and out of season, I pray that everyone in this auditorium, this house of worship, has a personal relationship with you. Not just a prayer, but a relationship. And if there be anyone here, Lord, who does not have a personal relationship with you, By your Spirit, Lord, I pray that you will speak and that the people will respond by just trusting you, trusting what Jesus Christ has done for us in making Jesus our personal Lord and Savior. Knowing that there is also a responsibility that comes with placing our faith in you which is to live a life of faith. Whoever you are, with your own words, just tell Jesus. Tell Jesus how much you thank him for dying on the cross for your sins. Tell Jesus that you want to establish a relationship with him. Tell Jesus that you want him through his Holy Spirit To make you the kind of Christian that he wants you to be. And trust him not only as your savior. But trust him and follow him as the Lord of your life. For those of us who are already assured of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And you're at that point of giving up. Will you also talk to God? And maybe tell Jesus, God, Jesus, thank you for not giving up on me. Because if you gave up on me, Lord, I would be forever lost. Help me to stand firm in joyful expectation of what you're going to bring about in your good time, in your good pleasure. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can read your word, share it, and encourage one another. And it is my prayer, Lord, that the words I have shared with your people resonate in all of our hearts that it will bear fruit as we persevere to do what you want us to do and not twisting your arm by asking you things that are not in accordance with your word. Help us, Lord guide by your Holy Spirit to apply these truths in our lives today, right now. So that as we live a life of expectant joy, that you will be reflected in our lives. Even as we thank you and give you back the glory, the honor, and the praise. In Jesus' name we all pray. Amen and amen. Happy Sunday, everyone. God bless.